everyone. Welcome back to week three of our series where we're talking about why men hate women. That's essentially, that's what we've been talking about the last two weeks now. And uh, yeah, we are Perspectives. This is Lisette. Say hello. hello. Wonderful. Um, I'm Martina and this is Perspectives with Lisette and Martina. Um, we wrapped up last week's uh, session. We talked about default to male. We're not really going to get much into that. So if you want to know what that means and you don't already know, you know what I'm going to say. You got to go back and watch or you got to go back and listen to it. It was really good. Seth got heated. You know, normally I'm the one that really gets heated. Seth got heated. True. So it's true. You go back and watch and listen to that. It's really good. Really good episode. Um. Yeah, this episode, we're going to spend some time talking about the economy and how women, we contribute a lot to the economy. I mean, I talked about a little bit in the last last week's video about, about the pink tax, you know, like they surely, when I say they, the system, capitalism, whomever, they may not take us into consideration, but they damn sure do when it comes to taxing our asses. They love to do that. Um... So we are going to talk about, you know, how the economy works and like workforce and just different areas of the economy and like what women contribute, even if we're not getting paid for that, if we're not even physically getting a paycheck at the end of the day, the end of the week, somebody's getting paid based on our labor. So um, we're just going to like, let's just go into it. I think really, let's say I'm going to kick it over to you. Give us your initial thoughts. Yeah, I think I, 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 there's just so much in my brain. Oh, it's such a loaded, right now, loaded. I, yeah. I I don't even know where to start. Like honestly, like this you isn't. One and we yes. But I think one of the things that when I think of women in the economy, uh, and mostly sort of um, to like tie it back to this you know, our, our sort of topic of men hate women. Uh, one of the things that I think about is sort of this unpaid labor. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, there's the unpaid labor, there's, you know, the pink tax that uh, we mentioned very briefly last week. Uh, and there's just so much that women contribute that isn't, deemed important that isn't deemed significant like there's no value to it I think that's the value is the word that I'm looking for like it's not valuable mm -hmm. um it's just sort of like well that's that's what you're supposed to do you're a woman that's your role like that's what you know that's you know your role in life and and it and it makes me like upset it makes me upset for me but I think it makes me more upset for like my mom, my grand, like my grandmothers and my great grandmothers who've had to operate much more in this invisibility and had to like do all that culture and, 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 and just withstand it. Like they, mm -hmm. there was, you know, nobody was there to, to you know, really kind of intervene or stand up or, or felt that they had the right to do. And Although you and I and other women are afforded a lot more of those rights to kind of say like, hey, this is what we bring to our economy. This is the value that we bring. It's, you know, it's still an uphill battle. Um, and there's, there's definitely like 
steps forward, but there's still a lot to be done. So I think those are sort of like, you know, what I think about it when I'm really looking forward to you and I kind of dissecting and, and, and having a conversation around, because there is this idea that women's labor, whether it's paid or unpaid, is less valuable. Mm -hmm. um, just because we're women. No other rhyme or reason. It, does, it has nothing That's to do women's with women's work. You know, it has nothing to do with being smart enough, capable enough, or whatever else. It's just like, well, you know, they're just women. Like, you know, this this is a male dominant, defaulted society. So let's just, you know, keep it that way. And so I think that there's just some of the things that are like swirling in my brain and my mind that uh, definitely as we continue exploring and talking through this episode, um, there's, you know, there's a lot to dissect and a lot to bring forth that, that makes that connection to that continued sort of subtle hate toward, towards women um, that, that is plugged in. That's part of the reason why, but, but yeah, that's just sort of where my brain is right now. Well, I like that you, you know, you kind of kicked it off with the, uh, this unpaid work. And I think, you know, it's really something that we know is happening. I mean, we like as a society, we know it's happening. Um, but I feel like, you know, like you said, fairly recently, you know, we're sort of making acknowledgements. And like you said, you and I compared to your mother and grandmother, things are a little bit better for us, but uh, the thing about this unpaid work and what uh, the and what the author spent some time talking about is really that um, women are constantly working, whether it's in the home or outside the home. Except outside the home is the work that normally gets respected, if at all, because she's bringing home a paycheck. But you know, even this week we got a chance to talk with. Uh, it's a friend of Lisette's um, and we were talking about um, just women in general. We were just having, you know, a casual conversation and uh, she's a female leader in her work and she has a family as well. And we talked a little bit about like unpaid and paid work and she brought up a really good point about, you know, oftentimes men, and this is also mentioned in the book as well, men have opportunities, more opportunities to get into leadership because especially I think, you know, if you're single, that's like one thing. But if you're a man who's married and have a family, even if you both are working outside the household, you're nine times out of 10, your wife your or your partner, they might go home five, six o'clock and start tending to the kids. Where if you have work that you need to do, you might stay at the office a little bit longer and have that sort of safety net that we talked about earlier that women are not oftentimes afforded. So your wife, okay, it's, she's not able to stay late, which I don't think anybody should be staying late. I think people need to work and stay within our boundaries because companies don't care about us, so we shouldn't care about them. But that's another topic. That's another episode. That's another episode. <laughs> but for this episode, generally, if a woman, even if she is a leader or, or not, you know, in her career, in her life or whatever, she's coming home and tending to the kids, probably making sure that they are a coming home from school. She might have picked them up from school. Uh, they might have a nanny that might have picked them up, dropped them off. And if she's cooking dinner, she got to make sure the kids are doing their homework. They got to get a bath before they go to sleep, brush their teeth, 
put them to bed, you know, if they're, if they're young kids. Um, and it's just like, this is often the work that we know is happening, but it's almost still like one of those things that we just don't acknowledge that women do. And even outside of that, women are typically the caregivers. I know that you are the, you know, you are a caregiver for your parents. I have to caregive for, for my father. Um, and it is work that we don't get financially paid for. No. <laughs> you and, you gotta, and you got to figure it out. You have to figure out. And these systems, as we've talked about in like health and healthcare, Ooh. is only one part of it. But that's, you know, once you get that figure out and then able to help your parents or your grandparents, kids, whomever may be ill that you have to tend to, figuring out their medicine, figuring out their appointments, food, making sure they have adequate food. If they have to run errands, you may have to run errands for them. Whatever the different reason may be, you are that caregiver. And typically women um, fall into this role. And it's, it's so funny. So even if it's, if you are, you know, a woman who grew up and, and you know, it's only, you are the only girl and you got four other brothers, you best believe you're probably going to be the one your parents are going oh, yeah. to, to to help with their with their caregiving and you know these are just a few instances where women just we we don't get paid for that work but people look to us for this like literally <laughs> if this woman was not able to come home and tend to their kids this man her husband may not be able to get that promotion or stay late and finish up that project or whatever go in early to do it because he has the satisfaction to know, well, his wife's at home taking care of the family, the house. They're good. And again, like just touching back on caregiving, it's just work that's not paid for, which is really hard work. Either one of unpaid work is just because you may not get financially compensated does not mean that work is not hard. And it is often very difficult work to do, but we do it because we love our family. And you know, and it's, it's, it's the society, but it often falls on the woman um because I mean hey a man can do this too you know um you can come on and love your family as well but that's not often what we see you know so there's so much <laughs> to what you said there's just so much and so much that I definitely relate to whether it's from personal experience or even just seeing like family around me who's had to like step up and, and do the caretaking um definitely so much falls on the women like whether it's the daughters whether it's the nieces granddaughters like there's just so much more of that expectation for for the women in whether it's you know an elderly you know elderly individuals in, in, in their lives whether it's their own parents um to kind of step up and do it like there isn't and it's it's not even like it's like it's your responsibility as a woman to do it like it's there's like it's a, like a no-brainer like it's not, definitely not going to be the the male in the family like they they're not the ones that are going to be you know making sure that you take your mom to run the errands to do the grocery shopping at a time that they want to do the grocery shopping because they should be able to go at a time that they want to not the time that's convenient for me um but and there's nothing wrong with it but i think what what sucks is when the workplace or those around you don't understand that and say like, well, you should be able to do it before you go to work, after you go to work or on your weekends. Mm. 
And I was like, like that shouldn't be like if my mom wants to go to the grocery store on a Wednesday at 11 a.m. because that's the time she knows it's the best time for her to go. It's the best time to get the best produce. There's not a lot of people. She's comfortable. And it's whatever the reason. Or it's also the day that she gets her senior discount. Like, no matter, you know, right. it, like you know, we all should be able to accommodate that. Mm-hmm. If you are the caretaker, like I should be able to say like, okay, I'm going to block out these two hours in the middle of my day and just have the autonomy to dictate my schedule to make sure because, hey, this is a role that I've chosen to take on, you know, and, and do it. Whether you're whether you're male or female, like I know that there are males out there who who do the caretaking and, and, and are the caregivers. So we're not going to say that it doesn't happen because it does. We're also not uh, out here saying that only women do it. But I, I think that the main point that we're trying to make is that it defaults towards the woman. I was gonna say this is the default towards the woman. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like there is that default and there is that maybe like a stigma if men sort of you know fall into that gender role of like what women are supposed to be doing. Because it isn't maybe until recently that men staying at home has become a thing or like that is not that there's never been a thing, but that it's like maybe seen them more often or acceptable, I think is the word I'm going for. Um, so I think there, there's this whole kind of, you know, thing where because it's women that are primarily doing this, it's not, again, the value of our time, the value of what's convenient to us, but also the value that it brings to the economy, right? Like, the fact that we are the ones taking our parents, our grandparents to do the grocery shopping, that's money that's going in to the economy. Amen. You know, because if there wasn't anybody, then there wouldn't be any money going in. Yeah. You know, we're the ones taking our parents to the doctors, to the hospital or whatever, like money going into this economy. Paying that copay. Okay. You know, we're putting gas in our cars. You know, we're, we're buying lunches dinners whatever because sometimes it's more convenient to just buy something outside instead of coming home and having to cook for people or for your mom to cook or your whatever your dad to do something like there's so many ways that women contribute to the economy that just goes unnoticed like the the, the things that we do on our daily kind of routines right like if the mom's the one that's taking the kids to the school most likely they're buying, you know, they're buying breakfast items. They're making sure that there's groceries being done. You know, there's all these things that come into play that we do. But then, you know, the world isn't designed for working moms, right? I think, you know, with the friend that we had the conversation with uh, around, and she brought up, like, how even the... The, the stigma or some of that looking down when you as a working mom can't make it to like a school meeting or something or can't, you know, participate or come support your child at, you know, an event that they're having like in the middle of your work day because you just don't have that, you know, ability to just be like, hey, I'm just going to show up because again, our schedules are dictated by, you know, the company or whatever and you don't always have that autonomy, um, particularly if you're not in a like C-suite level. Yep. 
you know, if you're, if you're one of, you know, the worker bees, like you have no autonomy. None. It's schedule is being dictated by someone else. And most likely your manager is going to be a male, depending on what industry you're in. And they're not going to, they're not going to be like understanding of like, Hey, I need to leave out X amount of time because I have to go do this or I have to go pick up my kid you know my mom has an appointment or like I have to take my aunt somewhere like all these things that just come up as you being sort of that caregiver of your family um because most times at least the thing that I've noticed is that if you're a caregiver of sort of your immediate family you're a caregiver to everyone yeah like you're the one people are gonna call because they can depend on they you. They can depend on you. Mm-hmm. They know you're gonna come through. They know that you're gonna be the one that's gonna show up on time. You're not gonna give attitude. You're because <laughs> they know they're not gonna call. You know, your 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 their, your cousin or Wait, your other sister, like whoever it is. Like like oh no, you know what, Martina? That's I'm calling Martina because she's always on a good attitude. She's gonna come through. Like I know I can count on her, which is great, right? Like it's great that they can count on you, but also you're like. How do I manage all this when I don't... You don't get a break. You don't get a break. Or you don't have the flexibility to be like, okay, you know what? I can do this this day. I can finish my work, you know, later on and whatever because it's, you know, not time consuming if you have that flexibility. But, you know, that's not the reality of things, you know? And I think that that contributes to sort of women not being valued for their time and their efforts that they do on, you know, these everyday things, you know, taking the kids to to school, taking the kids to practice or picking them up from practice and and things like that. So there's just, there's a lot. And, you know, you touched on something really key for me. You mentioned women who are at the C-suite, who are at the higher level. It, it is different, you know, and I think, you know, and, and that's this friend that we were referring to earlier that we spoke with and also thinking thinking about the book, bringing it back to that. And we were talking about uh, Sandberg, who's the author of Lean In. She was a high level executive at Google. I think that's probably, you know, another reason why she was able to come in there and make these demands. Like this parking lot's not close enough. I'm pregnant. I need to be in comfort if I'm going to work. Can you imagine if that was maybe, like you said, one of these little worker bees? Just like, first of all, the worker bee probably wouldn't even come in there. You probably would just unfortunately have to figure it out. Figure it out and chew it up and do it, you know, and just try to make the best of it. And so, you know, again, I, I think it really does make a difference for women who are in a certain position in their life that they can make these demands, which I'm all for. Listen, hey, you out here happen, helping other women, uh, but it definitely is a difference, I think, in the level of what sort of woman, I think, especially as society sees her. And I think, you know, we touched on this a little bit. We talked about proximity to men. I think those women who are in those big positions, they do have some of that proximity because they are, you know, they're supposed to be on the same level as all the other men in the the C-suite. So I think there is probably a little bit more respect for those women Mm -hmm. because they have made it to where they are as opposed to worker bee women who are, you know, you may not have that nice, that nice cushy C-suite position. Yeah. You, you, we've mentioned sort of the worker bee, right? The the person who has, um, whether it's considered a less than position or doesn't have a a lot of voice. I think one of the things that um, 
the book highlights uh, and talks about and something that I recently kind of watched something about was, you know, the nail, the nail salon industry, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, A, that's a very woman led dominated industry. Um, but I also think about the nail techs, you know, and, and I was, um, recently watching a, a docu-series uh, on HBO Max called Not So Pretty. And they, one of the things was on the, the nail salon industry is particularly the nail techs and how, you know, them being exposed to chemicals and all these things and, and nobody really, there's like, there was like no really regulations around it. And, you know, and, the, and these women really were just invisible to to anyone and nobody really knew you know, the health risks for them or cared about the health risks, you know, and some of them developed cancer or, um, or other, you know, health issues. But also it's just, you know, the long hours, you're working long hours, you're, you know, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the women uh, might be immigrant. So they don't have, uh, you know, those kind of protective rights. They might not have had them and all those things. And, there's so many of those women in different is whether it's, it's you know people that clean houses you know they're in the you know in the housekeeping industry and you know who who are pre predominantly women who don't have you know a voice and who don't have protection and and, and who really become these invisible workforce that people just disregard or say like, well, you know, they're just, you know, pay them whatever or do whatever. And, and those things. And, and it's, to me, it's just interesting that even other women can think about, you know, those type of women that way where it's like, well, you know, at least, you know, they're getting paid. They're, you know, they're just doing their job. But it's like, it's more than that. I think it goes back to, this idea of what the hierarchy right in, in the workplace and things like that and but you know they especially I think you know the 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 nail tech and that that industry like that is a lot is hard work like the designing of nails and and people that really kind of do all that that's a lot of hard work to not have it be respected to not you know, be able to have, you know, the, the, the docu-series was talking about, like, there's just, there's, there were data gaps around, you know, the impact, there's all these things, and it's, and it goes back to show that when it's an industry that is woman-dominated, it can go unnoticed, unregulated for a very long time, because it's just, it's just impacting women, like, who cares? Nobody cares. You know, I think that, you know, I, I think we got some time to talk about this, but I, I yeah, think yeah, the transition to go into the long Friday. Yes. I think this is a good, okay, so Lissette has the actual, she has the book, so she can talk, <laughs> you know, yes. she, she can get a little bit more into it, but essentially, I, uh, let me see here, I actually had this up on my, so this happened in 1975, and this was in Iceland. It was uh, simply a women's strike where 90% of the women that day just did not work. Whether it was unpaid or paid work, they didn't do it. They wanted men and their country to see how essential women are and how difficult 
it would be for you to get the work you needed to do if if a women were not here. Um, and I think from that, they got some pretty decent policies out of this. Yeah, but yeah I'll let you yeah get in get into it. Yeah, it said here that a year later, so this is 1976, Iceland passed the Gender Equality Act, which outlawed sex discrimination in workplaces and schools. Um, and then five years later, um, I'm going to butcher their name, but uh, I'm assuming it's a female. She beat out three men to become the world's first democratically elected female head of state. Um, and then it says Iceland, today, Iceland has the most gendered equal parliament in the world without a quota system. And then, so it's just interesting. I think it's, I've said this, like, if you let women lead, they could, they, they could change so we much. Really we really could. Like, it's just our mentality, the way we go about processing things is so different, which, you know, it takes me back to the president of New Zealand, who's a woman. No. Look how... They were able to almost eradicate COVID when it first came out because they, because of her leadership, and really just the other things that they've done in this country. And granted, I know Iceland is small, New Zealand is small, and we, you know, United States is not that small. But it shows that this can be done. That this is not unprecedented. It has been done, and it really, you know, just made me think. If ninety percent of the women in the United States just said, fuck it for one day. They ain't working. They ain't doing nothing. I'm not, I'm Let's not, I'm not picking the Let's kids up at school. I'm not going to take him to soccer practice. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. Figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. You go to the PTO meeting tonight. I'm going to stay late at work and get my Ooh, not, the education. No, the education. There be no PTO meeting. But it's, <laughs> you know what? That's Teachers ain't going to be <laughs> That's true because most teachers, unless they were the male ones, <laughs> they is true. The and you think the male gonna be like, oh yeah, let me lead this? <laughs> let me no, no, that is so true. They probably, they probably wouldn't. There'd be there'd be a lot less PTO meetings. You might have like one or two out it's, there happening. But it's just, it, it, I mean, yeah, like I think it's just a a good example of, I think the the strength that women have, the the power that we have. I think for a long time, we we feel like we don't have power. I'm like, look, we got a lot of power. It's just yeah. a matter of us coming together and, and really kind of figuring that out. Um, because I think, I mean, just some other stats to kind of, because this was such an interesting chapter. Like, yeah. it just had so many stats. Like it says here, like globally, 70% of unpaid work is done by women who spend three and six hours per day compared to men's average of 30 minutes to two hours. I was going to say, like, some of these countries, men, like, have only done, like, work, like, inside the house, like, yeah. 30 minutes, one hour. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then, he, I mean, this is one of the things that kind of gave me pause because it goes to say, like, this imbalance starts early. Girls as young as five do significantly more household chores than their brothers and increases as they get older yes <laughs> yes as, as someone who has a brother and a sister who are older i can attest to the fact that to this day my sister and i 
have to contend with having to deal with more stuff at home than my brother does. You know, I, you know, I'm. I, I, and that I'm is true probably across another family. Oh, I'm gonna say I'm sure. I'm sure that's absolutely true. And it just makes me think of uh, my dad. So he grew up uh, in the South in Mississippi, and that mm-hmm. is one thing that that my grandmother, I used to call her Big Mama, she's now passed, um, that she, you know, had six kids and she wanted all of her kids, like we were saying earlier, basic skills. So my dad knew how to cook. He knew how to clean. He knew how to grocery shop. He knew how to live out on his own because obviously he ended up traveling the world. But that was something to him. He's always said, like, my mama didn't want any of her kids not knowing how to basically yeah to live and take care of yourself i don't care what gender you are what what race you need to have basic skills to be able to take care of yourself because the person you depend on may not always be there they probably won't always be there and you need to know simple things like how to do your laundry (laughs) and how to grocery shop you would be amazed at the people that don't know how to adequately grocery shop and there is a formula to it people you got to know how to get certain stuff. So it's yeah. just really fascinating to me that people, just men, I guess, just don't have these basic life skills. And you mentioned that. I think we might have a, a, yeah, a lot like, we, mentioned this. we mentioned that. That's why I, I touched on it. Yeah. But yeah, I think you mentioned some of the, the statistics, and this is from, I think it says here, a 2010 U.S. study on the imbalance between uh, the amount of unpaid work done by male and female science. Female scientists found that female scientists do 50% of the cooking, cleaning, and laundry in their household, which adds more than 10 hours to their already 60-hour work week. Um, while men's contribution, which is 28%, adds only half that time. So you're adding like five more hours to that. Um, but it just like it increases like says so here in Italy, 61% of women's work is unpaid compared to 23% of men's. Um, in France, it's a 57% versus 38%. So like these are like really are all over 50% for women. You know, like it's it's just so I mean, this is why this book, like we we, we mentioned this to each other, like everybody should be reading this book. Everybody should read this book. <laughs> it's really, I think if this should be on syllabus, syllabi. However they say well, that, plural. I'll, we'll link this book if you're interested in, in reading it. We'll make sure to include the, the title and, and, and the author so you can go find it. Um, but I think it's just important to realize that, you know, we need to ensure that women are, are being considered as your thinking about the work day as you're thinking even about benefits uh, you know (laughs) yes um as you're thinking about like the hours that you want people to work and how many hours and the flexibility that comes with it um and there's even so much more as to thinking even just the transportation and and you know the designs of communities and and things like that and like who has access to things because women travel very differently than men 
and they really get into in the book. It's actually it, really good. Yeah. Yeah. So encourage you to go read it. Even Google it. Like just Google if you don't want to read the book. Just do some quick Googles around it. There's a lot of information. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's a lot, but I mean, from what I if you, if you dig in and you can definitely find the information around it. Uh, but this book has a lot of that and, and talks about it because um, if you really got to make sure that you, one of the things I talked about here is sort of like the, the way that it, you know, it could be easy for a man to say yes to a work conference because like you mentioned, Martina, oh, yeah. there's someone at home, like their partner, who's going to, you know, be able to take care of the kids and he doesn't have to double, you know, think about it. And a woman's ability to say yes to an opportunity is a lot of the times put on pause because they're like, oh crap, like if I have to travel for this, then, you know, who's going to take care of my kids or if they're a caregiver, like I need to figure that out. I don't know if I'll have someone to cover, you know, taking care of the kids or making sure that, you know, someone checks in on them, you know, whether it's a mom, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, whatever it may be, it's harder. And, you know, and I think that's something to take into consideration and making that, um, uh, a thing that's done. And then I, I know they went into like the, uh, you know, the, the expenses that men are able to cover versus the expenses that women are able to cover, like how much, like how much they're able to cover. Like there's a, a like, a, like you can top off at certain things. So there's just, there's just so much that comes to thinking about the economy uh, and, and sort of women but again, because things are defaulted to this male mindset of, hey, someone's going to figure it out for the man, you know, like they don't have to think about it twice for the most part. Um, but women always have to take pause. Like I'm at a point where I have to take pause sometimes of things that maybe I want to do uh, or, or pursue. And I'm like, wait, mm, I don't know if I can do that. And not right now, maybe I can do this later. Or just because that's where I'm at. Yeah. I think, you know, when I think about, you know, uh, men not being able to look after their own children, Oh, that to me is just really sad. I mean, I know women have or normally, like we're saying, is the primary one who looks after that. But you telling me you can't cook some basic food for your child? You can't put them to bed? Like, I'm not saying this is all, all, all fathers. I know there are single, all. You know. single fathers who are doing it. But like, I literally, I because, you know, I've heard from friends or just, you know, heard from people mm -hmm. that I've met throughout my life. And literally the men that I know there was one man in particular, he was actually my boss back when I was in Louisiana and bless his heart. He was one of the most put together men you would ever, ever think. And remember when his wife had to go out of town because like they had, I think three kids and they had a, a chart of like who does what and, and she would update it, I think every week or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I had asked him, I was like, I was like, oh, so I'm sure you're like, you're like great at this because you're so organized and like the way he ran the office and he was like, you kidding me? He was like, when my wife leaves and I have to take over, he's like, it's completely different. And it's just was so fascinating because he wasn't the man that I thought that would be in that predicament because he was so put together at work, which I guess, of course, goes to show you the difference there. Um, but the fact that he was like, 
he was like, oh no, I'm gonna have my wife put this all together before she leaves so I can know what to do. Like literally leaving a list of things. Oh, I'm like, this is so funny and sad. Like these are your children. It takes two. And you just, this, this is just wild to me that your wife has to leave you a list to take care of your own kids. Wow. And yet he'll probably, they probably still call Oh, like, um, I don't, I don't understand. Where is this? Where's, where's that? How do we do this? She won't listen to me. What do I supposed to do? She wants to wear this color dress. Where is it? Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just mind blowing to me that these are your own children. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think just sort of, you know, closing out uh, our thoughts on this topic. Uh, and, you know, I'll give, I'll give you a moment, Martina, for you to think about how you, what your final thoughts are on this. Um, I think for me, it's just really like recognizing that that women contribute a lot um, and that without the unpaid labor that women do, you know, our society, our industries, businesses wouldn't it be able to kind of operate? You know, and I think that's something that the book highlights. Um, and I think for me, you know, it's it's just another way to just really put women in a spot where we feel guilty for for wanting it all, mm -hmm. right? For for wanting the career, for wanting the family. Um, and and when the workplace and the economy and our society isn't a designed in a way that supports women that values women for all that they do um and isn't just you know designed to account for it you know it 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 really just makes that feeling of guilt just stronger and greater and it shouldn't be that way like we you know because the workplace our economy really should be able to um, accommodate for the things that women have to step up to do or that they traditionally have been doing. But also, I think it's a call for men to be like, what can I do to ensure that there's that equality across the board? How can I be an ally in this space? You know, maybe you as, you know, as a, a maybe a male listener, never thought about unpaid work, never thought about the unpaid labor that, or in the terms of it being unpaid when it should be paid. Like, you know, women should be given like stipends every month for the work that they do. Like the government should figure that out. Uh, that is for me, a thing that I think should be done for women because, you know, we make, we make economy and society be able to go round and round and keep running and moving. But I think it's important for, you know, for our male listeners and and followers, you know, take a moment to think about that unpaid labor. Like, think about your mom. Think about your, you know, the women in your life that are that do things that you just never thought about it being something that is work. You know, you know, cooking, cleaning, picking up kids, taking you know, family members to to appointments and and to run errands like that is work mm -hmm. you know that is work that 
you know, people aren't paying for that they're, you know, and if you're fortunate enough to be able to afford someone to do that for you, great. But, you know, a lot of the times it falls to one of the women in the family to step up and do that. And I think it's important to recognize it. It's important to design the workplace for it. And it it's that flexibility, that autonomy, that uh, not only women need, but I think everyone needs. So I think if you make and design the workplace for women, it'll improve the workplace for everyone. It'll improve the economy for everyone and not just, you know, women, I think. And that's part of, I think, that hatred towards women is this idea that like, well, if you make it better for women, it's going to be worse for men. No. It's going to be better for all of us the same way if we make better policies and things for black and brown it's going to make the world better for all of us like no like it's not it's not one or the other like we all can win in this situation that's really i like you said it's not one or the other and you said that quite often but i really like you said that i, I think for me it's about considering the other in this instance other is women uh, and it's one thing, you know, we talk about is like, consider people who are different for yourself, different from yourself. Even me being a black woman, there are still things I have to be open-minded and consider other people who are different from me. We all are other in one way or the other. Uh, oh, that, that was other, you see that? But anyway, uh, but it is, yeah, in this instant, it is primarily the other is women, which is to me, is still kind of strange because women make up. <laughs> so much of the population in this world and the fact that the other half like we literally the other half we bring life into this world and the fact that men and which the industries that are of course led by men the capitalists patriarchy is there because it has been created by men but I'm with you when it's you know when they say that we want to change things for the better that literally includes everybody like get, you need to get out of your head and at times stop thinking about yourself. You know, we gotta, we, we can't think, I mean, you know, we gotta think about other people too. Like I get it. You know, some things are personal. You think about it just for yourself. I get it. This is not that instance. If we want this world to get better, cause right now the world is going to hell in a handbasket, especially the United States. If we want this country and this world to get better, we got to start considering other people. And for the longest time, especially here in the United States, we're trying to function, trying to function and wonder why things keep failing. Why are we having riots? Why are we having walkouts? Why are we having this? And there's no reason to wonder. Like, we know why, you know, like just step up and do the right thing. Like be the allies to women. You know, we need that. You help create the problem. Don't go away now. We need you here to help create these policies. You know, I'm just thinking about the book. There was an instance where it says that a lot of women who do receive um, maternity leave, they have to have been at the company like so many weeks or so yeah. many months. Like that's not even something that they can immediately get. That to me is wild. So you're telling mm -hmm. me I have to stay at this place for this amount of time to even get paid leave? Like yep. that type of shit needs to change. Like that yep. is, you know, that's just one instance. And mm. I think, um, in reading this book, I hope it will shed the light and like I said, have people be open-minded to just 
considering women, considering other people just in general, because we all do need each other. And I think women and people who are often consider the other, like people, a people of color, people who are disabled, just people who are different in general, we consider others. We consider men, we consider everybody else because we know how it feels to be left out because we're always left out. Uh, yeah. and, and when we are considered, it's basically like, you might as well not even consider us at all because it, it doesn't mean anything. Um, like those three bathrooms, if you're, your example, they could have kept it how it was. That did not mean anything at all. Um, but I'll just, you know, ask people who are listening and watching to be open and, you know, really try to understand where women are coming from. Like, you know, yes, girls run the world, according to Beyonce, but that's not what I'm here to talk about right now. I just think we just, it's to me, it's just like, yeah. It's the simplest things that can make the difference. You know, like you're talking about, we didn't even touch on so many things like around transportation, things like that. Mm -hmm. Simple changes can make women feel safer going to that bus stop or going or going to catch that train, you know? Um, and this is in broad daylight. It does not have to be night at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say, you know, pick up and help. You know, if you're married, you know, help your wife out. Pick the kids up, you know, like, a switch up dinner. Hey, if she cooks, maybe you do the dishes, vice versa. I don't know. But just really try to think of ways that you can make the world better for women because we're always trying to make the world better for everybody else, but nobody tends to want to do it for us. So that's where I leave us. Oh man, I want to continue talking. <laughs> the only thing I will I'll, I'll say and I'll that's ask it. because you you talked that you 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 talked about how women uh, always consider the other right we always are thinking of the other um and i know earlier i said you know women would make great leaders i mean i think that's why you know i think we can change we can change the course of of, of a country we can change the course for the better because for the most part women are going to think of the other especially women of color especially women of color black women Latinas, Asian, because I think of our culture and things and look, nothing against my, my white counterparts and, and allies in this, but there's just something about the culture when it comes to women of color who understand what the other means and what it means to bring others up behind behind us and, and, and pull each other up. That just, I think, I think our businesses, our organizations, companies, our government, would just be a completely different. And I think if we had more women of color in, in leadership positions, um, and if we just gave them that opportunity to do so, and I will, I will just hop <laughs> off my little soapbox of that one. No, that was a good follow-up though. Cause I, yeah, it just, you just made me remember, I wanted to make that point earlier and my brain went another way, but but this has been great. Like this has been such a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for joining us uh, another week uh, as we continue talking about this topic of uh, men hate women and, and why and, and sort of the overt and the, and the sort of subtle ways and sort of covert ways that we see it. And it's not just uh, uh, the idea of violence and towards women, but there's just so many ways that society has really created a, a very hostile environment uh, for women. Um, 
uh, across across the world. Uh, so we will be back. We, we definitely have some more topics around uh, around this, and then some more episodes in mind. Um, so make sure you follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, um, and, and make sure you're, you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, or make sure you're rating us and following us on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, that way, you, yes, <laughs> comments and, and, and let us know questions. Send us DMs with anything uh, that might have resonated with you, or might made you be like, "Excuse me, I don't agree with that." Let us know. Yeah, we here. we we welcome all of it. Uh, we just don't welcome hateful, mean comments um we don't want that energy on our channel and not just for us but for our followers we get that uh, enough as women so yeah. let's yeah let's not do that let's not do that. please don't bring that here uh but thank you all and we will see you and talk to you next time take care bye